And usually I'm not able to record sh the Shabbos daf, so this is a this is a plus, a silver lining. Okay. assume that uh, he would help himself. Well, maybe I should reach out to him. I'll, I'll try. No, I did, but he hasn't answered. Okay, well, he's probably quite busy. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, thanks for reminding me. It's a good point. Okay, let's get to work over here. We're at the very bottom of that profile from the base, the, the, halfway through the last line. Omer of Kahana, Darish Rav Nosem Ramin Yumi Mishmed Rabbi Tanchum. Nereshel Chanukah Shanich Lamayla V'chav Am Pesula, Kesuka Ukenavoy. A Chanukah candle which was placed above 20 Amos, 20 cubits above the ground or higher is possible. That's in, that's invalid. You place it too high, it doesn't count. We find such a concept in, uh, in relation to sukkah and mavoi. If you make a sukkah and you uh, the roof of the sukkah, the schach of the sukkah is so high that it's above 20 amos, above, above 20 cubits. So since uh, it's loishalta ba'ena, which doesn't quite mean that it's invisible, because as you know, you can see above 20 amos, but it means something more along the lines of the eye cannot really discern what's going on. It doesn't have the desired effect. So, um, so um, it, uh, uh, it does not count as a sukkah. The same thing is true when making a mavoi, when constructing uh, zones for an eruv. Doesn't, uh, we have the same problem. And likewise, in the case of Hanukkah, we have this problem. If you place it too high, it doesn't achieve the desired purpose of Pirsum Enisa, of publicizing the miracle. Ve'omer of Kahana, Darash Amnasambar Minyu Mishmeder of Tancham. The Pasuk says, in reference to the pit which Yosef's brothers threw him into, the pit was empty, it had no water on it. From the words, and the pit was empty. Do I not know? With the words, and the pit was empty, and had no water in it. It seems repetitive. It's true that there was no water in it, but there was there were snakes and scorpions. So it was, it, they didn't try to drown him, but they threw him into a pit which contained snakes and scorpions, which as we know from uh, from Meseches uh, Brachis, while snakes and squall, snakes perhaps are, um, are uh, one can survive an encounter being thrown into a pit of snakes, a pit of scorpions is a much more serious issue. Amarabah. Ner Chanukah, mitzvah lo'anicha b'tefach hasmucha l'pesach. When you're lighting, when you're setting up your Chanukah candle, you're supposed to place it in the tefach, in the hand's breadth, which is close to the door. It should be right up and almost flush with the door. Um, so v'heichem anachle, on which side do you place it? Rav Acha, b'rei d'rav amar miyamin. Rav Acha, son of Rav, says miyamin. You place it on the right side of the doorway. Rav Shmuel, mi'difti amar mi'smal. Rav Shmuel from difti says you put it on the left side of the door. But the halach is you place it on the left side. Why? You want the Hanukkah candle to be at the left side and the mezuzah to be on the right side. What's the idea? So you should be surrounded by mitzvah. It's a very nice idea. Okay. You cannot count money in front of the Hanukkah lights. Right? You can't. Um, you can't um, you can't sit there, you know, with your purse counting out your dimes, nickels, quarters, and doubloons. 
So, Kiamrisa came to Shmuel when I said this in front of Shmuel. Shmuel said, I don't really understand. It seems like what you're implying is that you're not supposed to sit there counting your money in front of the Hanukkah candle. Because, after all, uh, Hanukkah candles are holy, and you're not supposed to use holy things for mundane stuff like counting your money. So, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Shmuel said, I don't know about that. Are you sure? Does the candle have that, does the Hanukkah candle have that status? Right? Uh, does blood have holiness or is it just blood? Right? You might think blood is just blood. Why? Who cares about blood? The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, Right? Somebody slaughters an animal, he shechts an animal, so he spills the blood of the animal, and he needs to cover the blood. He should use the hand that he slaughtered with to cover the dirt, to cover the Excuse me, the blood was there. You might think it would be economical, it would be convenient to just quickly cover over the blood that you spilled with your foot. Right? It's not correct. It's not the right thing to do. It's a disrespectful way to treat the mitzvah of Kisayadam. Right? If anyone's not familiar, when a shaykhid, a when, a, when a ritual slaughterer slaughters an animal, the blood pours out, of course, onto the ground, and then it has to be covered. The Allah is we cover the blood. We don't merely, even animals, right? We, when we take the life of an animal, right? It's only it's not only the Native Americans who have who respected the lives of the animals they take. The Jews also respect the lives of the animals they take. Right? We didn't. Uh, we uh, animal rights are not a, are not such a novel concept. And the idea is that even though we have the right to slaughter the animal and enjoy the meat, but we have to show some respect. We don't. We don't freely spill its blood. So we kind of make a ritual out of covering the blood of the animal. At least that is a commonly shared explanation. We don't really know ever for sure the reasons for mitzvah, so that's a commonly shared explanation. So you shouldn't do that with your foot. You should do it with your hand, because doing it with your foot would be disrespectful. It wouldn't be the proper way to treat a mitzvah. Says the Gemara, Right? So to here, so to here, we don't want uh, we don't want to treat the mitzvah disrespectfully, so therefore you can't can't you can't Money by the light of the Hanukkah candles. So on the same topic, a lot of times when there's a colon in the Gemara, or as we called it back in Yeshiva, the two dots. So when there's a two dots um, in the Gemara, usually it means a, a new subject. But in this case, it's really a continuation of the previous discussion. Is one permitted to enjoy? Uh, the Noye Sukkah, the Sukkah decorations throughout the seven days of Sukkahs, right? What do you mean enjoy? So uh, traditionally, now we do it with uh, plastic, but if you go to a Rebbesha uh, Sukkah, you know, a big Chesidish Rebbe, and they have their Tesh on Sukkahs, you'll see actual fruits, real fruits hanging from the ceiling, and that is the traditional way it's done. Uh, traditional way it was done, I should say. Uh, edible, delicious fruits were hung from the ceilings of the Sukkah. So what if I get hungry and I want to grab an apple from my Sukkah ceiling? From my schach. Sukkah decorations. So Rishub and Levi says, isn't the truth, isn't the halacha, isn't it the case that you're not allowed to count money in front of a Hanukkah candle? So Amr of Yosef, this seems really backwards. Mari Avram, Mari Avram, right, that means Hashem, right, it's kind of a, a language of Mari Avram means master of Avraham. Um, it's a language expressing shock. Hey, what on earth, he says. He based something, a statement, which is a Tanaic statement, on something that's not a Tanaic statement. In other words, generally speaking, when somebody has something to say which doesn't have Tanaic backup, so what he should do is he should say, okay, let me see if I can find a Tanaic source that backs up what I'm about to say. 
But if you say something that has, if you if you are pondering, you're thinking about a question which really has a Tanaic source that addresses it, addresses it, and then you say to yourself, hmm, what could be a source? And you point to something which is not a Tanaic statement, then that's really backwards. That's that shows that you're not really your methodology is faulty. You're supposed to, right? We're always trying to Gemara is always trying to work off of Tanaic statements, whether they're Mishnahs or Brises, in order to understand the discussions of the Amaroim. Here we're talking about something which, unbeknownst to us, we haven't heard the, the, the Brysa statement yet, but there's a Brysa which, which, which addresses the issue, and instead of turning to the Brysa, we turn to a Tanaic discussion of counting money, right, the statement of Rabbah of counting money in front of the Hanukkah candles. What is he referring to? Says the Gemara, Sukkah Tanya, Hanukkah Leitanya, Sukkah has a Brysa, Sukkah has a Tanaic statement, Hanukkah doesn't have any Brysa, right? The Tanya, Sachicha, Kehilchasav, so if I put Schach, on uh, my sukkah properly. The itro bikramim, and then I, de- I decorated it with um, kramim is uh, like um, uh, pieces of wool or pieces of cloth, colorful pieces of cloth. Uvesadinim um, and sheets, hamutziyarim, which are decorated, right? You go to Yerushalayim or sukkah, or uh, again, like, like an old fashioned chasidish sukkah, they have literally, they'll have like in the whole wall of the sukkah will be like a white, like a tapestry, um, a decorated tapestry. Um, and then you hung nuts, afraskin, shekelim, remoinim, prekele anovim, atre shoshibalim, yenois, shamanim, vesolosais. You hang all these wonderful things, right? Walnuts and, and, and uh, apricots and then pomegranates and grapes and wine bottles and oils. Beautiful, truly wonderful, beautiful shivas aminim, a real, a real proper sukkah mitzvah. So, also list abimir ad matzoi yontava achrin shalchat. You're not allowed to enjoy and derive benefit from any of those decorations until the day after, um, the, until the Motsoya Yomtev, the end, the very end of Sukkot. Then his however, if you make it not, if you make a condition, what would the condition be? So Rashi says it has to be a very, very specific condition. Um, it's really more of a Hilchas Yomtev discussion, but Rashi says the condition basically has to be you have in mind, you say to yourself, I, throughout Ben Hashemash, in other words, throughout the entire twilight period on Erev Yomtev, you would, or, you know, going into Yomtev itself, you'd have to be having in mind, I intend to use these items, I intend to use these items, I intend to use these items, um, which is a little hard to pull off, but if you do that, that would be a different thing. Hakolafi, Tanoi, everything follows my condition. Okay? So clearly, before you go anywhere else, you should be looking at um, at the actual Brisa, which discusses this issue. Elam, Rav Yosef, Avu Ho'im the daddy of all of them, the father of them all, is Dam. In other words, Rabbi Yosef says what I quoted originally to um, to my friend Rabbah, right? That is the original source for this idea. It's a reference to Mitzvah Raisa. It's a straightforward thing. You shouldn't, when you do Kisi Adam, you have to do it with your hands, not your feet. And therefore, so too, you cannot, um, you can't uh, help yourself to the Noyesuka, to the Sukkah decorations. And finally, you cannot, um, you cannot. Uh, derived benefit from the Ner Okay. So, of course, there is a big discussion because the, the standard understanding is uh, is uh, the standard understanding of why um, you can't derive benefit from the mitzvahs, from the, dec- the sugar decorations, is muktzah. Um, not the usual type of muktzah, but the type of muktzah which, um, which is uh, once something is designated, migudis katsoi, once something is designated for a particular mitzvah, it needs to stay. Um, in use for that mitzvah, so that um, that is a that is a discussion that Tosis gets into, and we aren't going to delve into it. But it is an interesting thing to be aware of. Tosis ends up saying that really both reasons 
end up functioning here. Yes, Yaakov. Is it Nigu just cut, sorry, a, a Shabbos slash Yantif Nigu anyway? Yeah, absolutely. And then Sokis. Sokis is Yantif. Right, in other words, it exists and it's part of the Sogya. Right, in other words, Migu Deskatsoi is a factor in, in, in this Isser, but in terms of what our Sogya wants from it, the, we're not we're not drawing from the Migu Deskatsoi angle, we're drawing from the Bizu Mitzvah angle, which Taisa says both of them are functioning right. as the Isser here, uh, in short. Right, correct, okay. Yeah, alrighty. Okay, moving on. Yeah, these are pretty easy Gemars, we're getting a light ride, Baruch Hashem. We're not being chat means we have more time for Khazar. Itmar. Rav Omar Ain Madlikin Miner Lino. This is a really important sugya. Um, and it just try to hold it in your mind for uh, you know another ten months or so or nine months until next Hanukkah and you'll you'll understand what all the Yeshiva guys are talking about. Um, Come on, that's what Khazar is for. That's what Khazar is for, I know. But I don't I you know I keep my demands light. But um <laughs> Itmar Rav Omar Ain Madlikin Miner Liner. So what's going on? Let's say I light up my Hanukkah menorah, and then, uh, you know, I say to myself, my shamash is, you know, it's very short, it's burning my fingers, so what if I just grab one of the other Hanukkah candles and use it to light the, you know, the 6th, 7th, and 8th candle? Is there any reason, right, it's, it's a mitzvah after all, is there any reason, right, it's not like I'm using the candle to, to for some other reason, to read, to read Harry Potter, I'm using it to light the menorah. So why can't I do that? So in fact, says the Gemara, right, Rav says you can't, but Shmuel says you can't. Why is that the case? We're going to talk about it in a moment. In a similar vein, Rav Omar Ein Matirin Tzitzis Mi Begid Lepeged. Rav says you may not take tzitzis from one um, Begid Tzitzis, one four-cornered garment, and put it on another one. Shmuel Omar Matirin Begid Lepeged. Shmuel says, fortunately for those of us who wear pricier tzitzis, that you may transfer the strings from one garment to the next. Rav Omar Ein Halachakir of Shimon Begreira. Shmuel Omar Halachakir of Shimon Begreira. A third halacha, a third dispute, Rav says that the halacha is not in accordance with the opinion of Reb Shimon when it comes to greyer, when it comes to dragging. What are we referring to? So there's a machlekes, there's a discussion that's going to come up later in the Masechta, somebody who's dragging a very heavy bench. And that bench is so heavy that inevitably when you drag it, it makes a little ditch in the ground. It digs up a little hole. So the question is, I don't mean to dig any ditches. I just mean to drag my bench. So the question is, am I allowed to do that? It's a dover she'ina miskaven. I don't intend for that consequence to happen. I'm just trying to get my bench, even though it is inevitable that a chritz, a ditch, will be dug. Nonetheless, um, I'm really just trying to drag my bench. So Shimon says, yeah, it's fine, it's mutter, you're permitted to do that. So Rav says, we don't hold like that. But Shmuel says, Shmuel Amar Halachah we paskin like Rav Shimon when it comes to dragging benches. The significance of these three statements is, Rashi explains, that throughout Shas, when we have disputes about Ra- disputes of Rav and Shmuel in matters of Isser, and matters of prohibition, can you do this on Shabbos, or eat that, or etc., we always rule in accordance with Rav. In these three situations, it seems like, as the Gemara is going to discuss a little further on, it seems like we rule like Shmuel. That's the unifying factor. Okay. So, Rabbi, Kol Mili Demar, Rabbi says all the things, all the ma- in all matters, Mar, Rebbe, who is his, who's his Rebbe? Mar, sir, right? My master, who's that? Rabba. Rabba Nachmeni. Everything Rabba did, Ovid Karaf. He, he was a real Rav guy. Everything he did, what he went after Rav. Levar Mehanitlas, with the exception of these three matters that we just quoted, the Ovid Kishmuel, he would conduct himself like Shmuel in these three matters. Madlikim Yenel Ner, Matirim Begim Lebegim, Belach Kerb Shem These three things. 
You can light one Hanukkah candle from another Hanukkah candle. You can remove tzitzis from one uh, art from one four-cornered garment and put it on the next one. And when it comes to dragging benches on Shabbos, it's permissible, like Rabbi Shimon says, even though you're digging a hole in the ground as you do. The Tanya says the Gemara. A person can drag a bed, a chair, or a bench. As long as he's not trying to, you know, maybe he's trying to, 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 to do a trick. He's going to plow his whole field, right? He's going to do all his landscaping while innocently pretending to drag a bench around the chops. Of course, the minute he's he, he's deliberately digging a ditch, he's high. He blew it. That's absolutely illegal. But as long as he didn't intend to dig the ditch, he is potter. Okay? Says the Gemara, One of the rabbis was sitting in front of Rabbi Rabbi And he was sitting and saying, Time of the rabbi shum bizui mitzvah amaluhu. Right? He was saying, uh, excuse me, time of the rabbi shum bizui mitzvah. He was, he, he, he was, one of the rabbis was trying to say, the reasoning of Rav, the reason that Rav holds, you're not allowed to be madlik ner you're not allowed to take one Hanukkah candle and light it from the next one, is because of Bizui Mitzvah. Similar to the discussion we were having earlier about counting money. It's disrespectful. It's not the right thing. It's not, doesn't look nice to light one candle from the next. It's actually a bit of a strange thing to say, because we're doing a mitzvah. I'm doing one mitzvah, with the, and, and I'm, 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 I'm taking one mitzvah, and I'm using it to do a different mitzvah. So what's the problem? Hamalahu, loitatzisule. So, uh, Rav Adabar says, don't listen to him, right? So what's going on, right? He says, the reasoning of Rav is he's weakening the power of the mitzvah. So it's a very, very strange dispute, and it's important to note, Rashi gives, gives a little, uh, uh, hands us a little tip, which enables us to understand the dispute, and it's going to uh, really play out in the next line of the Gemara. Rashi says the scenario we're describing is not where you take, you know, one of your nice, colorful candles from your Hanukkah menorah and light another candle. The scenario they're talking about is where I take a match and I light it off of my Hanukkah candle number one and I use it to light my Hanukkah candle number two. So the first opinion, the Ha'umir Abanan, the one, whoever, whichever individual it was, he holds that by using something which is not a Hanukkah candle and taking some fire from the first candle, even though I am on my way to light a second candle, which is also a mitzvah, but in that moment I am lighting something that's not a Hanukkah candle from my Hanukkah candle. Even though my ultimate intent is to light it up, uh, is to light up another Hanukkah candle, nonetheless, it's still not the correct thing to do. Well, about the Barahavid disagrees. He says that what's going on is achushe. It looks like you are taking away some of the power of the flame. Just for a moment, it looks like you're kind of diminishing the Hanukkah candle. Rashi says it even looks like you're, you're taking some of the oil, which I thought was interesting. Um, and you're not supposed to do that. So what's the difference? What's the nafkamina? What's the what's going to come? What's going to be the case where their dispute uh, displays itself? Says the Gemara, my benayu, ikavenayu the kamaduk mishraga lishraga. If I were directly taking one candle and lighting the next, mandam mishum bizu mitzvah mishraga lishraga madlik. If the problem is bizu mitzvah, it's disrespectful. But here's much better because I'm clearly lighting one Hanukkah candle from the next. There's no bizu mitzvah there. That's totally respectful. There's nothing wrong with that. The other opinion, but if the problem is that I'm diminishing the candle, so it doesn't matter that what I'm using to diminish it is another mitzvah, because ultimately I still look like, in the moment, I look like I'm diminishing the flame of the mitzvah. Okay. Well, let us move on. Masiv Rav Ivya, Rav Ivya asked, Sela, a coin shall meister sheni. 
Ain't shaykun connect the din razor. Right, the Gemara says, if you have a coin which has become a Meister Shani coin, how does that happen? Let's say I have Meister Shani, so what do I do with Meister Shani? I'm supposed to, let's say, I'm assuming I don't live in Yerushalayim, which chances are if I'm a farmer, I don't, right? So I have to go down to Yerushalayim and enjoy my Meister Shani. Now the problem is a simple one. The problem is that it's a, it's a long, you know, it's going to be a few days on the road, and I don't really want to drag a whole bunch of apples just to go eat them in Yerushalayim. What I'd rather do is take my fruit and be mechalalit, right, uh, you know, transfer its value to a coin, to some money, right? So now I have my coins, and I'm trying to assess how much my coins are worth. Now, since I'm not a fool and I haven't abandoned the gold standard, I now have to weigh my coins to find out how much their actual intrinsic value is. Whoever thought of that? So what you do is... Uh, what you, what you would generally do is, I should say, you would weigh them against coins which you know to be um, to be uh, properly valued. So says the Gemara. Right now, let's say I want to uh, I want to do this with my Meister Shani coins. Let's say let's switch it around. Let's say I want to evaluate some dinray zav, some gold coins which I own. I just don't want to know how much you know. I want to do some accounting. I want to see how much cash I have in my account, and I'm going to use as a counterweight. The coins of Meister Shani. Says the Gemara, you're not supposed to do that. Even if ultimately the reason you're doing it is to take some other Meister Shani and transfer some fruits and produce and transfer its value onto the gold coins. Says the Gemara like this. So this can be a little tricky. I'm just walking you through each part of the Gemara's phrasing here. If you're going to tell me that Rav and Shmuel's dispute is about Miner Liner, candle to candle, Avil Bikinsa, but if you're using a match, Oser Shmuel, in other words, if you assume, if you assume that um, that the entire discussion is uh, is Bizui Mitzvah, right? And the whole issue is that it's disrespectful, so therefore we're not worried about diminishing the power of the flame, it's just that it's disrespectful. So as long as you're doing Ner Liner, as long as you're taking one Ner Hanukkah candle and putting it to the other Hanukkah candle, that's fine. But the moment that you use a kinsa, that you use a match or, or a, a lighter, right? Uh, so that's going to be a problem. So if you're going to tell me everyone agrees on that, so haloy tahavitiyufta, then I don't have any question at all. I don't have any question at all because there's no, there's no, there's no possible question. You'll see what the question is, right? This is a very unusually structured gemara. Usually gemara will ask the question and then it'll say, "This isn't difficult according to the one opinion." But the gemara hasn't asked this question yet. Whereas according to this, there's no question. I'll tell you where there's a question. If you tell me that everyone agrees that a kinsa, that, uh, excuse me, that Shmuel, who permitted, right, who permitted this behavior, um, allowed it even with a kinsa, even with a match. In other words, the dispute is entirely about diminishing the value of the mitzvah, diminishing the appearance of the mitzvah. And so it doesn't make a difference whether you use a match or whether you use another Hanukkah candle. The whole issue is, I am taking a flame from an existing mitzvah candle, and that's not a nice thing to do because it diminishes the look of the flame. And Shmuel says, I don't care. There's nothing to worry about. Calm down. It's just a candle. It will come back in a second. That's not Bizoy Mitzvah, or I should say that's not a Hushay Mitzvah. It doesn't weaken the, the beauty of the mitzvah in any way. So if that's the discussion, says the Gemara, it should be an obvious uh, an obvious problem because it should be. It's actually it translates fairly well to the issue of the um, the Meiser Shane, right? Because after all, what I'm doing is for the purpose of a mitzvah. Right? In the second case that we mentioned, where I'm weighing those other gold coins specifically for the purpose of trying to 
be mechalal other maishashen. I've got a hundred bucks worth of maishashenim produce in my barn, and I want to in my silo, and I want to uh, be mechalal and transfer its value onto some other gold coins. So I need to assess the value of the gold coins. It seems like a beautiful thing to do, right? So why can't that? What, what, it would seem that that it, that there would be a pretty good analog to the case which Shmuel says is permissible, and yet we say it's forbidden. Says the Gemara, it's not comparable, right? The problem is, says Rabbi, really, you're right. Really, it should be totally permissible because you're trying to do a mitzvah. Trying to do a mitzvah. The problem is, maybe the weights won't work out. Maybe you're going to realize that either, number one, you wasted your time, right? You're, in other words, your coins are not are not the right weight and they're they're uneven and you can't you, you need to find some other weights to evaluate your as you say your Meister Shaney coins are not the right weight and you you're gonna need to just find some other coins. So you wasted the time and now you and now ultimately you've used mitzvah money as a weight for no good reason because you're gonna have to find some other weights. Or even worse, you might find that they're that they're they're worth more, right? Then you're gonna say, Oh you know what, right you might find that the gold coins are worth a lot and you'll be like, Oh actually you know what, maybe I'll, I'll I don't wanna lose money on my Meister Shaney thing. So it's even more disrespectful. That's the concern. Really it should work, except that it has this potential downside. And that would mean, right, uh, right, Rashi Rashi says it doesn't mean usually means you rendered it cool, you pushed it out. Right, you brought it down to chulin. So that shouldn't be the case over here because what you didn't do anything that would make it chulin. But uh, you're not going to end up making those gold coins meiser sheni, and it ends up being not for a mitzvah. So we don't want that to happen. That's why we don't permit that behavior. Okay. Mazer of Sheishes. Right. The um, the um, the uh, the menorah in the base of mikdash. Right. The, is this bothered me so much it's a misquote the pasuk yeah okay it's okay it's clearly a reference to that pasuk but it is a misquote yarech oisoy aharoin that's what it should say right michutz aparechas ha'edus yeah it's just out of order that's very odd michutz aparechas ha'edus ba'ay homoyed yarech oisoy aharoin yeah listen Sometimes stuff happens. Um, yeah, good point, good call. All right, so anyway, in reference to, as Yaakov rightly points out, the, not, the Pasuk doesn't exactly read this way, but in reference to the Pasuk that says you should arrange, Aaron HaKoyim should arrange the Menaira right outside the Parechus, outside the curtain of the Aaron of the Kedosh Does that area need illumination? Is it dark in there? Is that a problem? Is there a lighting issue? Right, that can't be it. Right, the Aron Hakodesh is a, a, a very good source of light. It leads it led Klal Yisrael wherever it went. It doesn't need any extra illumination. It led Klal Yisrael forty years through the Midbar. It doesn't need any extra uh, halogen headlamps. Elis says the Gemara, the Menorah is not there to illuminate things in the corporeal sense. The Menorah is there to show the world that the Shekhinah is present. That's the lights are on. Right? It's an open sign, open for business. So here it's, the, it's here to show us that the Shekhinah, Hashem's presence, is among us. So my Eidus, right, the Gemara so far is talking about a different topic than we've been talking about a ton. My Eidus, Amarav, Zu Nermarovi. So the Nermarovi, it's exactly how to define it, but um, the question is how the Aron is aligned, whether it's aligned north, south, or east, west. 
let's assume for our purposes that it's a line east-west. So the uh, the the way that would work is the Ner Maravi, which is the second candle away from the far Mizrach, the far east side, right? The first westerly candle. Without getting into that whole discussion, which is a little dizzying, um, it is the first candle which is not the farthest east. It is where, where the candles begin to go west. So the Ner Maravi has a special status because it's the first candle to be um, uh, to be um, uh, to be uh, what do you call it? it? Is the 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 candle which is used to light all the other candles, and it is the candle which is cleaned out last. So it says the Gemara, This is the Eidos. This is the witness which the Menorah bears. The westerly candle, the second to, the second from the east candle, which is known as the western candle. It's filled with oil. Um, it's filled with oil um, for um, as as the other uh, cups are filled. You use it as a helper candle. You you light all the other candles from it. And the hatava scenario is when you're cleaning out, and the kohen is cleaning out the burnt out uh, cups. He cleans it last. Says the Gemara, the Hachacha came into Kivin Eiros. Obviously, the, the branches of the Menorah are attached. They are not. Uh, they are not um, removable, right? They are not removable. Um, so, came into Kivin Eiros. Le Sagi, Le Mashkovan, Says the Gemara. It seems pretty clear that since the Eiros, since the candles are attached, so Le Sagi, um, it's not possible. It's not possible that you would have had to. Um, you would have had to inevitably. Um, you would have had to inevitably um, light something from another candle. So this actually seems like a really good menorah, right? It really seems like a really good. Uh, excuse me. A really good muscle, A really good um, uh, parallel to our sugi because menorah, menorah, right? It's the Hanukkah menorah and the Beis Hamikdash menorah. They, they even look kind of the same, right? So uh, you know, obviously, you see, you can light one mitzvah candle from the next mitzvah candle. Says the Gemara. In fact, it's a problem according to everyone, because even if you tell me, uh, since it's impossible that you can you, to detach the cups, you would have had to use some kind of non-menorah candle, right? Some helper candle, a match, a lighter, to get from one to the next. So inevitably, everyone has to agree that there's a question here. So what's the difference between the Beis Hamikdash menorah and the Hanukkah menorah? Says the Gemara, right? Says the Gemara. Everyone has to agree it's a kasha. Whether you hold the issue as bizuya mitzvah, it's a bizoyan, it's disrespectful. So it's still disrespectful, right? Because you have to use a lighter. And if you hold a chushe mitzvah, if you hold the issue as diminishing the light of one candle even for a second, then it's certainly a problem. The case must be that very long wicks were being used. They had very, very long wicks. And you were able to take the wick and use it to light all the way across the menorah. Quite a feat. Says the Gemara, Saif Saif, According to the opinion that uh, that the issue is achushe mitzvah, the issue is being machish, diminishing the light of mitzvah. It's still going to be a problem because regardless of whether or not you're able to light from candle to candle, it's still being machish. Says the Gemara, Kasha, you're right. That's a big problem. My did they ever resolve it? Amrav under chazin. This is going to depend on the question, the, the, the classic question when it comes to the menorah, if hadlaka is oisim mitzvah, if the lighting of the candle 
is what does the mitzvah, is it what performs the mitzvah. Do we say, okay, now you've lit the candle, and having lit it at this time, you now did the mitzvah. What else could be? That sounds like, what do you mean? What else is the mitzvah of Hanukkah? Well, I'll tell you, there's an alternative. It could be Hanukkah It could be it's the placing of the lit candle, or the placement, I should say, not the placing, but the placement, because, of course, if you set down your menorah and you light it, you certainly have done the mitzvah. But it is the, the lit candle having been placed in the correct place that does the mitzvah. What does that have to do with it? Says the Gemara. This is a question we wondered about. Does the hadlaka, does the lighting do the mitzvah? Or does the placement do the mitzvah? Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. That if I was holding a Hanukkah candle and standing in place, so holding a Hanukkah candle and standing in place, right? In other words, someone came and uh, and and lit a, a Hanukkah candle. Excuse me, one second. Sorry about that. My laptop was making noises that were going to affect the recording. Says the Gemara. Um, says the Gemara. The the uh, if, if you're if you're standing in one place and holding a Hanukkah candle, right? So um, so um, holding an unlit, I should say, Hanukkah candle, and someone comes along and lights up the Hanukkah candle. Since it was never placed, it's, it was hovering in my hand the whole time. I'm not yet to the mitzvah. So that would seem to imply. Pretty strongly, says the Gemara, You see that the placement of the Hanukkah candles are dozens. Says the Gemara, It's not necessarily the case that the placement does the mitzvah, because the issue is another issue. The issue is an outside issue. We know when it comes to Hanukkah candles, they have to be, there has to be Pursume Nisa. They have to be demonstrating, uh, announcing the miracle that happened. In this case, because I'm standing in the street holding the candle like a pembel, so, therefore, I look like somebody who is holding a candle for some reason, but not like somebody who's doing a mitzvah of Menorah. So that's not the way to do this mitzvah. Okay. Tashma, another case, what if I light the candle, uh, you know, up in a bedroom, and then I take the candle and I come and I set it at the door, right, I set it outside. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't work. Says the Gemara, if you tell me the hadlaka, the lighting of the mitzvah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I light the candle, right? I light the candle upstairs. Well, where I lit it, I'm not. It's not possible to do the mitzvah. I did it in, you know, I don't know, in the bathroom, in the closet. That's not a proper place to do the mitzvah of, of lighting Hanukkah there. Then I placed it in the right place. Too bad, right? I never lit it in the correct place. So it would seem, right? That works out great. If you say the placement is what set what sets whether or not a mitzvah is being done, right? So ultimately I placed a lit Hanukkah candle in the correct place. Somebody who sees me is going to think that I am lighting it for my own purposes because I lit it up in my bedroom. So you don't realize the fact that it ends up in the right place doesn't really help because the act of lighting it happened in a place that um, that could not um, that could not be that I should say is not a spot for pursuing Nisa for publicizing the next. 
Okay, we're kind of in the middle of this discussion, but it goes deep enough into the next Amud that I think we'll leave it off here and pick it up tomorrow. I was thinking that um, the, way, the way I had, I had read that. Uh, Hold on here. Because